Hi, I'm Alex Rubin, and thank you so much for joining me on my daily teaching podcast, Grace to Your World. You know, the more we understand God's grace, the more do we find ourselves empowered to change our world and to live the overcoming life. Now, with that being said, let's get into today's message and grow in our walk with Jesus together. If you have your Bibles today, I invite you to join me in the book of Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. We're going to review some scriptures, Romans chapter 1, 16 and 17, and then be ready. We'll head to Ephesians chapter 2 and Colossians chapter 2 in a minute. We're going to be looking at all of these in the New Living Translation. And guys, I, I believe today I really uh, have a, it's going to be a powerful word. I believe this word today it's going to be a word that in some ways is going to be challenging us. But I believe if you stick with this, if you're going to listen to this word and really take this in, I believe it's going to bless you in your walk with the Lord. It's, it's, it's really going to help you to more fully understand the power of living a life of depending on God, of living a life where you are where you know without a shadow of a, of a doubt that he's your firm foundation. Amen. Where you know without the shadow of a doubt that he will never fail you. Uh, where you know without the shadow of a doubt that no matter what you're going through, no matter where you find yourself, he is your firm foundation. And so we want to really be rooted in that confidence. Amen. We've been talking about the humility of faith. We've been we started last week talking about the subject of the humility of faith and really understanding this truth that faith is, is really something, faith is really a posture of humility. We have been defining faith as depending on God. You see, we, we actually left off in the previous message last week. We were sharing with you that the enemy, that Satan will always try to get you to be self-dependent. Whereas God requires you to be Jesus-dependent. You see, the thing about the enemy is this, guys, is that Satan does not necessarily require, he doesn't have to tempt you to sin necessarily, even though he will do that. But the way he, you know, one of his schemes is, is that the way he's going to get in is he's going to try to get you to be self-dependent. Well, Alex, I'm just going to depend on myself. Alex, I'm just going to work really hard and then I think it's going to work out. Well, hold on. What we want to remind you of here this morning is uh, that your security is not found in your self-dependence. No, your security is found in you depending on God. You depending on a God who can never fail. You depending on a God who's already made available to you uh, what you need. You depending on a God who does not require your performance, but watch this. He requires you to trust in Him. He requires you to depend on Him. Now, one of the ways we've been defining faith, we've said it's, it's, it's an act of humility, but w listen to this definition of faith here, guys, once again, which is that faith, it's an act of humility, and faith is a total surrender of all self-effort and performance. 
and faith is a complete trusting in and depending on God. The other day I was talking to someone, we were talking about depending on God, and, and we were saying, well, it's one thing to say I depend on God, it's another thing uh, you know, to actually do it. And so, and so this is what this is about, is we want to be very practical. I don't want to just tell you, well, depend on God. No, what we want to do is we want to really uh, give you some, some, some tools for, for how to do that. And really, tools is not the right word. Thank you, Lord, because it's not really, it, it's relationship. Let me put it this way. Thank you, Lord. It's relationship. How do I depend on God on a day-by-day, moment-by-moment basis? Well, it is me uh, practicing my relationship. It is we, me walking in an intimate fellowship with the Holy Spirit, you see. It is me uh, living in, a, in, a, in an intimate fellowship with a God who is not only with me, but if you are born again, He is in you and He is working on the inside of you. Everybody say out loud, God is working in me. God is working in me. Amen. And so that's how we depend on God. Now, um, let's get started here with these scriptures. I really just want to review some scriptures and then we'll jump in here today. And I want to really set this as our foundation. Now, he says here in Romans chapter 1, verse 16 in the NLT, listen to this very closely now, guys. He says, for I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. Now, good news is, of course, talking about the gospel. The King James Bible translates this as gospel, and it is good good news, but a more accurate translation of, of gospel, or what that word really means, is it's nearly too good to be true news. And so take this in now, friend. The gospel is not only good news, it is nearly too good to be true news about Christ. And he says, this nearly too good to be true news about Christ is the power of God at work. The word power is the Greek word dunamis. It's where we get our word dynamite. It is the dynamic, dynamite, explosive power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first, also the Gentile. Now, we were sharing with you last week that saving or salvation, it comes from the Greek word zozo and even though religion oftentimes kind of reduces salvation just to going to heaven, Zozo, that Greek word, means so much more than that. So salvation includes your healing. It includes your deliverance. It includes your soundness. It includes your needs being supplied. And so right from the outset, I want to get you to understand that as you depend on God, you are depending on a God who has decided to take responsibility for providing your needs. Glory be to God. Do you know this child of God that if you are a believer, if you are in Christ, God has taken responsibility uh, for supplying your every need. Remember, guys, there's a distinction between the general goodness of God, which is available to every person on the planet. In other words, God is good regardless of whether or not we believe or whether or not we are good. This is a radical statement, but it is the truth. You see, Jesus uh, talks about this when he says that he makes his rain, uh, he sends his rain on the just and on the unjust. He makes his sun to rise on the just and on the unjust. Well, it's talking about the general goodness of a God. The Bible says it is the goodness of God that actually leads people to repentance. But what I want you to see is that there is a distinction between the general goodness of God and you being a a, a, a Christian, you being a believer in Jesus, because what happens is that when you are in Christ, glory to God, when you believe in the finished works of Jesus Christ, there are certain covenant rights and covenant privileges that have been made available to you in Christ, and that includes your healing, that includes your, your provisions, that includes your wisdom, that includes your deliverance, that includes you uh, being already righteous, independent of your performance, that's available to you through this gospel, 
because glory to God, uh, the, 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 the nearly too good to be true news about Christ is this announcement that Jesus already won the victory, guys. I want you to understand that no matter what you're going through in your day-to-day -day life as a believer in Christ, you are always beginning from a place of victory. Yeah, I can't see it yet in the natural. I don't quite know yet how it's going to unfold in uh, the natural, but glory to God, my confidence is in a God who never fails. My confidence is in a God who's already made available what I need. My confidence is in a God who's already won me the victory 2,000 years ago, and so that is available to you in Christ. Look at verse 17. In verse 17, he says, this good news, this nearly too good to be true news, tells us how God makes us right in his sight. Now listen to this, guys. How does God make us right in his sight? Because most people think, well, Alex, I'm right with God based on what I do. Watch this now. He says, God makes us right like this. He says, this is accomplished from start to finish by faith. By faith. And remember, for the purpose of this series, we are... Uh, replacing faith with depending on God. In other words, we're defining faith. Every time you read faith in Scripture, I want to. I want you to really practice this. Glory to God. This is like your your homework assignment. Okay. Every time you read faith in Scripture during your time in the Word, I want you to think of it as depending on God. And he says, as the Scriptures say, it is through faith or it is through depending on God that a righteous person has a life. And faith is this confidence, secure reliance on what Jesus has already done. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Also in the NLT, he says here in verse 8, he says, God saved you by His grace... Watch this, when you believed. And so again, that word saved, is, is, it also includes your healing, your deliverance, your, your provisions have been made available to you. But he says, how did you get saved? You had a, you had a role to play, but what, watch this, what was your role? He says, you believed. You see, God saved you by his grace when you believed, and he says, you can't take credit for this, it is a gift from God. Guys, how many know that when it's a gift, I can't boast about it, glory to God. If it's a gift, I can't take credit for it. You see, sometimes um, the thing about a gift, you know, is this, it's, it's that it's unearned. You see, if I give you a gift, it's, it's not because you earned it or deserved it. And sometimes people have a hard time receiving gifts and they'll be like, well, Alex, you know, I really don't deserve this gift. And it's like, yeah, of course you don't. It's a gift. You know, I mean, that's the whole purpose behind it. It's a gift. <laughs> you know, you didn't, you didn't earn it. You didn't work to deserve it. And so, guys, in exactly the same way, that's how you got saved. You see, your salvation, your right standing with God, you going to heaven, I want you to understand you had absolutely nothing to do with it. Jesus already took care of that 2,000 years ago. It was already available. All you did was you heard the good news and you said, Lord, I believe. And so we can't take credit for it. Look at verse 9. He, he says, salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. And this is what I want you to see. So none of us can boast about it. You see, there's no boasting in salvation. I can't boast. I can't be prideful. I can't say, man, the reason I'm right with God is because I did these 10 goody-goody things. Glory to God. No, it's, it's, we want to do good things. Amen. We want to do goody-goody things. Glory to God. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Uh, but I want you to understand that no matter the good that you do, that's not why you're right with God. You see, I want you to understand you are in right standing with God. You are in right relationship with God. You are on your way to heaven. 
done purely because you have put your faith in the finished works of Jesus Christ. And do you know what this is, guys? This is humility. What happens is when I understand that no matter what I do, man, you know, it's, it's never going to be my actions that make me right with God. Well, what that's going to do is, is that's going to produce some humility. You see, now the issue with that is, and this is really what we're focusing in on on this series, is salvation includes your healing, your deliverance, and everything that you need to live a godly, successful life. Catch me now, friend. But the Bible says that in the same way that you initially got saved, in the same way you are called to live your Christian life. Look at Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. Look what he says. He says, And now... Just as you accepted Christ Jesus your, as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Now, what this is saying is that in the same way that you received Jesus as your Savior and Lord, in that same way, you are now called to live out your life as believers. And what this is, is by depending on God. Now, the reason this is important, guys, and the reason we're focusing in on this is because every single one of us, guys, to one degree or another, you know, if you're born again, if you're a believer, you understand that you got saved by grace through faith. You understand that your, your actions didn't get you saved. Amen. Pretty much everyone who has some understanding of the gospel knows that that's the gospel. But you see, guys, here's where the problem is is that very often what happens is that after we get saved, what we want to do is uh, we want to throw in some works now. <laughs> you see, you see, in other words, you know you're saved by grace through faith. Amen. But what you want to do now is you say, well, Alex, you know, if I want to see healing, if I want to see deliverance, if I want to see God really showing up in my life, well, that's going to have something to do with what I do. You see, but what, what, what this is saying here, friend, is, is that in the same way that you got born again, in that same way, you are called to live your life as a believer. Look at verse 7. He describes what this way is going to look like. He says, let your roots grow down into him, into Jesus, glory to God, and let your lives be built on him. Stop right there. Child of God, I want you to know that if you are in Christ, your life is not built on yourself. You see, your life is built on him. Your identity is found in him. We shared with you last week that your identity, uh, your behavior does not determine your identity. Listen to this now, friend. Your behavior doesn't determine your identity. You know, the, the, you know, the crazy, crazy moments that you have sometimes, glory to God, they don't, they don't determine your identity in Christ. No. But what happens is that your identity, sooner or later, is going to determine your behavior. In other words, you know, you got those crazy, crazy moments sometimes. But what happens is, the more you bring yourself back to, I'm not what I do. I'm not my actions. No, glory to God. I am who Jesus says I am. I am who God says I am in Christ, you see. And the more that you focus in now on your identity in Christ, the more that your roots grow down into Him and that your life is built on Him, well, what happens is, well, now the Holy Spirit can work on the inside of you and He can be begin to produce uh, the, the, the fruits of, of transformation. Glory to God, you see. You see, the fruits in the Christian life, guys, they, they are not produced by your self-effort. This is not your discipline. It's not self-help. It's not your positive thinking. No, it is you depending on Jesus. It is you looking to Jesus. It is you identifying uh, with who you are in Him. And the more that you identify with who you are in Him, sooner or later, your life is going to start to reflect that.
And look what he says. He says, then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, or your dependence on God will grow strong in the truth that you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. And so, it is looking to Jesus. It's looking to Jesus, not to ourselves. Look at one more scripture here as our foundation, and we'll be able to jump into this. Look at St. John chapter 15, verses 4 through 5. John's Gospel, chapter 15, verses 4 through 5. And someone says, Alex, get started. I thought you had already gotten started. Well, friends, hold on. What I'm doing here is I'm just laying a foundation because I want to make sure we're all on the same page here today. Amen. Uh, I want to make sure we are all on the same page. Glory be to God. Now, uh, look at what he says here in St. John chapter 15, verse 4. This is awesome. He says here, Abide in me, and I in you. Stop right there. This is Jesus speaking here. And look what he says. He says, Abide in me, and I in you. Now, that word abide means to remain. It's to remain. In other words, what he's saying is, don't just put your faith in me when you get born again, when, when, when you initially receive me. No, he says, the way I want you to live this Christian life now is I want you to remain in me. I want you to abide in me. Friends, take note. This sounds very similar to what we just read in Colossians. As you've received Christ Jesus the Lord, so are you to walk in Him. How did you receive Him? Well, you said, man, I can't save myself. No, I need a Savior. Amen. And so you said, man, I'm, I'm going to put my trust in Jesus. I, I, I'm going to believe in Jesus as Savior and Lord. Now, that same way, we are, con we are now to walk with Him. He says, abide in me and I in you. And watch this now. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. It remains in the vine. He says, no more can you except you abide in or remain in me. Verse 5, he says, I am the vine, glory to God. And you are the branches. Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. And he says, he that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. And look at uh, this now. This is what I want you to see. He says, this is a strong statement, guys. He says, for without me, you can do nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. Now, that is a very strong statement, and I want to zero in on this for a moment because there's someone who says, well, Alex, I'm doing a lot of things on my own without the Lord, I'm, and I'm, I'm doing pretty well. Well, hold on, friend. You want to examine what is Jesus saying here, you see, because the, the, the fact of the matter is, guys, you know, in, in this world system, there are certain things that you can actually do, you know, through just self-effort. You know, there's certain things that you can do by you just, you know, being disciplined or following some self-help or whatever, you know, and, and just really kind of doing good or working hard, whatever. Hold on. That's not what this is saying. You see, what Jesus is talking about here is he's talking about bringing forth fruit. He's talking about 
Glory be to God. He's talking about bringing forth uh, the fruit of your life as a believer. And I want you to understand uh, that while you can accomplish certain things in the natural, certain uh, worldly things, glory be to God, uh, what you cannot do on your own is show forth the fruits of uh, the Christian life. You see, you can't get more patient through your own self-effort, guys. It's just not going to work, you see. Uh, you, you, you can't have a, an authentic heart transformation through just, you know, applying a set of principles. No, what you need is glory. Glory to God. You need uh, the Holy One, the perfect one, uh, the glorious one. You need Him to work on the inside of you. You need His Spirit uh, to be at work on the inside of uh, you. And so what Jesus is saying, in order for you to bring forth fruit that is lasting, in order for you to bring forth fruit that pertains to the kingdom, in order for you to bring forth fruit uh, that's going to be not just the temporal stuff, but that's actually going to have an eternal impact, He's saying, you can't do that without me, guys. You see, you see, we need Him, guys. Everybody say, I need God. I need God. I need God. I need God, you see. And so, when we talk about you seeing the promises of God showing up in your life, catch me now, friend. It's not going to happen through your self-effort. It's only going to happen as you depend on God, as you look to Jesus. And remember, in our relationship with Jesus, we look to Him as the, as the stronger vessel. We look to him as the greater vessel. Remember, uh, the vine and the branches, they're one. Uh, glory to God. But the, 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 the vine is the stronger vessel. You see, you see, the branches can't do anything on their own. You see, it's, 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 it's the vine uh, that enables the branches uh, to bear fruit. And so, he has to be the source. He has to be the one that we look to. Now, look at these verses real quick, also in the Passion Translation. And we'll be ready to jump into today's message. Amen. Praise God. <clears throat> so John St. John 15, 4 through 5 5 in the TPT, I want you to see how he puts it here. He says, So you must remain in life union with me. For I remain in life union with you. Take this in, guys. Life union, that sounds to me like what? That sounds to me like relationship. You see? That sounds to me like the way we are called to live our lives as a believers is to walk in a relationship with Jesus. You see, guys, this is not a Sunday thing. You know, this is not a weekend thing. It's not something you do when you get around to it. No, I want you to understand, child of God, the way that you are called to walk in this world as a believer is in a day-by-day, moment-by-moment fellowship with the Holy Spirit. A day-by-day, moment-by-moment fellowship with your unseen partner. And he says, for as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your lives intimately joined to mine. Guys, this is huge. So I don't know about you guys. I don't, I don't want to have a fruitless life, you see. I want to bear some fruit, guys. <laughs> and, and, and he says in verse 5, I am the sprouting vine, and you're my branches, Jesus says. And watch this. As you live in union with me as your source. Glory to God. Take note. Source. He wants to be your source. You see, He wants to be your source for everything, guys. You see, what does it mean for God to be your source? It means uh, that you understand that any good that comes to you in your life as a believer, glory to God, it didn't come uh, from anywhere but God. You see, maybe you have a job, well, uh, your, your, your employer pays you, glory to God. I want you to know God is your source. Your employer is not your source. God is your source. You see, uh, God can use your employer uh, to supply your need in this 
the season, but God is your source, you see. He's got to be the firm foundation, guys. He's got to be our source, and he says when that happens, when he's your source, fruitfulness will stream forth from within you, but when you live separated from me, you are powerless. Now, guys, I don't know about you. I don't want to be fruitless, and I don't want to be powerless. Amen. Now, remember, Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. Without me, you're powerless. And what this really means is it is this kingdom principle. And one day we might have a chance to look at this where Paul talks about at one point, he says, when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am weak, then I am strong. You see, the world system says you're strong when you, when you, you know, put enough effort in and so on and so forth. Well, but, but God says, you need to look to me. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Alex Rubit. You have been listening to Grace to Your World. Be sure to join me again on our next podcast as we continue growing in our understanding of God's grace. Now to learn more about our ministry and to download the full-length audio of this and other teachings, simply head to graceworldonline.org. For information on how to become a Grace Vision partner or how to make a gift of any amount to our ministry, simply head to graceworldonline.org forward slash give. Now I pray that you continue to see God's grace manifesting richly in your life, and I look forward to talking to you again on our next podcast.